reads from the book of First Corinthians, chapter seven, verses one to sixteen. Now, for the matter you wrote about, it is good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman. But since sexual immorality is occurring, each man should have、uh, sexual relationship with his own wife. Each woman with her own husband. The husband should fulfill his marital duties to his wife, and likewise the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authorities over her own body, but yields it to her husband. In the same way, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but yields it to his own to his wife. Do not deprive each other, except perhaps by mutual consent, and for a time. So that you may devote yourself to prayers, then when together again, so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. I say this as a concession, not as a command. I wish that all of you were as I am, but each one, each but each of you has your own gift、uh, from God. One has this gift, another has that. Now to the unmarried and the widows, I say it is good for them to stay unmarried, as I do. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. To the married, I give this command: not I, but the Lord. A wife must not separate from her husband, but if she does, she must remain unmarried. Or else be re- reconciled to her hu- husband, and the husband must not divorce his wife. To the rest, I say this: I, not the Lord. If any brother has a wife who is not a believer and she is willing to live with him, he must not divorce her. And if a woman has a husband who is not a believer and he is willing to live with her, she must not love divorce him. For the unbelieving husband has been sanctified through his wife, and the unbelieving wife has been sanctified through her believing husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean, but as it is, they are holy. But if the unbeliever leaves, so so it be so,、uh, let it be so. The brother or the sister is not bound in such circumstances. God has called us to live in peace. How do you know, wife, whether you whether you will save your husband, or how do you know, husband, whether you will save your wife? This is the word of the Lord. Great. Let's、uh, keep that passage open and let's look at it closely together. Let's pray again as we start. Our Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that it speaks、uh, real things into our lives. I pray that we would listen. You'd speak to our hearts. You would show us Jesus and help us to love Him and follow Him. In Jesus' name, Amen. Great. Well, yeah, it's quite a passage today. I mean, we've seen that quite a lot with one Corinthians. I don't know if this is what you were expecting. When you come to church today,、uh, here is Paul telling married couples to keep having sex. That's what it's about.、Uh, the first part.、Uh, maybe you're visiting today. Yeah, that's in the Bible.、Uh, it's unusual. 
Many people, they think that the only thing the Bible says about sex is don'ts. But no, it's, uh, it's very positive, and Paul is very direct here. So, um, yeah, I think I've got your attention, right? This is one of those topics that people will want to listen to. Uh, at the same time, you know, this is just real life, right? I mean, why is Paul writing this? Uh, look at the top of verse 1. Now for the matters you wrote about. At the Corinthians, they had sent a letter to Paul with all kinds of questions. You know, he is their former pastor. Uh, we'd like some advice on these issues. And there are a lot of questions about marriage and sex and singleness. Because, you know, that, that's our life, right? If you're, uh, for many of us know that, you know, this is a big part of, of normal life. And uh, Paul writes to that, so it's very practical. It's very detailed about just our normal lives. And I, I think that's good. And so, uh, yeah, uh, a lot of detail today. At the same time, there's so much more that I could say, right? I felt like, man, there should have been two sermons or more. Um, so I'm sure there are some questions you might have, so please ask me. Please uh, uh, talk together. Um, but I hope today is helpful. I, I mean, it can be sensitive, right, and painful, things like divorce, uh, those kind of things. But, but I hope we will listen. And, and by the way, I hope you will listen whether you're married or single. And, uh, because there, there's two sermons, uh, today and next week. Next week is about singleness. Today is about marriage. But then it's easy to think, oh, I'm, I'm single, so I don't need to listen today. You know, maybe one day you will be married. <laughs> maybe it's good for, to understand more about marriage. And we're, we're mixing here with all kinds of people, right? Especially when we go to one service, you know, a lot of, you know, let's support each other. If we know what it's like to be married and we know what it's like to be single, we can be a church that helps each other. So... Uh, please listen. I, I hope it will be relevant to each one of us. But uh, yeah, what does Paul? What is the the issue? What does the Corinthians say? Well, you can see it there. Uh, it is good for a man, the Corinthians say, uh, not to have sexual relations with a woman. It, it, talking about married couples, it's good if they don't have sex. That's what uh, they say. Uh, some older translations, maybe maybe you're looking at that, and it says uh, it's good for a man not to marry. I think most people agree that, that that's a misunderstanding. If you want to know more about Greek, come and talk to me. But, uh, yeah, that's what they were saying. Uh, you may wonder why. Why were they saying that? Well, I think it's the same problem as last week. Were you here last week? Uh, and, you know, the problem was, you know, their bodies. They had a very separation between the spirit and the body, right? You know, the body, that's just... Uh, God doesn't care about that. It will be destroyed. It's not important. It's all about your spirit. And for some people that meant, well, I can do whatever I want. I can sleep with prostitutes. For other people, actually, in this case, it meant, well, I, I, can I need to deny my body. Right? My body is not important. I just need to focus on my spirit. And all the bodily stuff, I need to stop. And, uh, well, actually, a lot of Christians throughout history have done that, right? So often, you know, this is dirty. This is what animals do. This is just about selfish desires. Uh, don't do it. Well, as you can hear, Paul disagrees. Yeah, um, this is a good thing. Uh, this is healthy. This is, you know, this should be a normal part of, of marriage. Uh, it, it's God-given, as we said already in the service. Uh, they, they thought, you know, this is bodily, and you know, I want to be spiritual. And you know, you know how much the Corinthians cared about being spiritual. No, this is good. Now why? Uh, and what? So what does Paul say? Basically, uh, keep the intimacy alive. Keep the, that, that's what he said. Now, I call it intimacy. Um, it's very, I mean, of course, Paul is 
basically mainly talking about just the physical thing, but I think there's more. I mean, the same thing applies to the, the whole, you know, to romance, uh, to all the things that just married couples should do, right? And I mean, kisses, cuddles, uh, loving words, you know, uh, dates, uh, the, the kind of, the, 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 yeah, the, the relationship. Because, you know, men and women are different, and uh, different people uh, have differences, you know, it's not just one thing. And so this whole thing, God wants there to be this, you know, this really delightful, affectionate relationship at the heart of a marriage. And that it's, 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 it's not less than sex, but it's more than that. So just so to keep that in mind, just so if you feel that it's too much from a man's perspective or something, right, uh, they're both there. But so yeah, keep, keep that going. And why? Well, a few reasons. Well, first, uh, you, well, Paul says your body belongs to your spouse. To the Corinthians who were saying, well, I'm, I'm too spiritual for this. Well, your body belongs to your spouse. Uh, verse 4, the wife does not have authority over her own body, but yields it to her husband. And in the same way, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but yields it to his wife. Now, I think in our modern culture, that's really great, right? That, you know, someone else has authority over my body, and not just Jesus, uh, my spouse. Uh, my body, my choice, right? <laughs> I mean, it, it's very countercultural. By the way, it's always been countercultural, right? I mean, 2,000 years ago, people would have no issue with the first sentence. Of course, the wife's body belongs to the husband. I mean, but look at that second sentence, right? You know, the, the husband doesn't have authority over his own body, but yields it to his wife. I mean, that was a shock back then. It's very offensive, uh, right? I'm just amazed how completely egalitarian Paul is here. Many people think Paul, you know, he hates women. And, and you know, he, he, he sees different roles in marriage, right? A few chapters later, the husband is the head of the wife. But in the bedroom, no. <laughs> completely egalitarian, right? That's a great passage. But it, it shows you what, what marriage is like, right? You, you know, your body is not yours. It belongs to your spouse. That's what marriage is, right? When you get married, what do you say? Well, all that I am, I give to you. All that I have, I share with you. You, you give yourself. And they give themselves to you. And so it's, it's no longer about me. It's about I give up myself for the other. That's marriage. And, and that translates into the bedroom. Uh, it's not about me and, and, I, and me, it, it's about my spouse. It's very different, right? But th that's what you promised, you know? And so, yeah, promises bring duties and responsibilities that you promise to care for each other. I mean, verse 5 is quite strong. Eh? Do not deprive one another. That word deprive, it's the same word as in the, the passage about lawsuits a few weeks ago, about cheating, defrauding, right? Remember Jack and Jill? You know, if you promise to give everything to your spouse and you don't, you're, you're a cheat. That's what Paul would say. Very strong language. It's such a different view in general about, you know, intimacy, right? It's about the other person. Even <coughs> in the bedroom, it's not about what do I want? What does my spouse want? How can I please them? How can I serve them? You know, so many people in the world, you know, they look for a one-night stand. That's not to serve others, right? It's just for themselves. No, this is a good, wonderful Christian sex. It's about the other. Two people trying to please the other. It's beautiful. So your body belongs to your spouse. Just to say, 
uh, I know some American preachers who sometimes say, you know, do not deprive one another. It means, well, always say yes to everything. Uh, just to say that that is not what it means. I mean, he's talking to people who, you know, who've given up altogether. This is not talking about, you know, uh, um, not, not tonight, shall we do it tomorrow? That's not what he's talking about, right? Um, and it, in, there's always two people involved. Just wanted to make that clear because some people have said it and I think it's unhelpful. But in general, this should be normal and, and, and good. And as we heard last week, you know, it's important because sex creates unity. Right? I, you've, saw, you've seen it last week and, and in your links groups, it, there's a bonding that happens. And I think that, that that's kind of is reflected in, in, in what, what really happens, right? Because sex is in some ways the ultimate self-giving. Right? When you get married, again, all that I have, I share with you. And, and, and that's true, right? Because there are things that you don't share with anyone else, but you do share them with your spouse in that moment, right? And so in a way, it, it just renews your marriage. It, it's, a, it's a beautiful bodily way of saying... I still give everything to you. And so it, it renews your marriage. It, it strengthens your, your unity. And, and the Bible says that that is meant to glue you together. It creates a glue. It creates a bond. Because the thing is, marriages need that. Marriages aren't perfect. You know, there are two sinners. And you're in a broken world. And so there will be disagreements and differences and conflict. And so, you know, God wants you to stay together. And so he's given you something to keep you together, glue. And so use the glue. And by the way, if you're single, that's why you shouldn't do this, right? Because, you know, glue, I don't know, you, you have an envelope, right? And you open it. It's always damaged, right? It's never neat. Why? Well, because glue is meant to stick together. Don't glue things that you're not sure if they need to be staying together forever. I, I hope that makes sense. Sex is not bad, it, it's powerful. But if you're married, keep using it. This is important. It's, it's not just any activity. It's not like hiking or watching a movie. They're nice things to do. And you can enjoy them. But it's, it's not the same as this, right? This is just important. And, and one way it's really important, uh, well, as Paul says, it, well, it protects you against sexual sin. Uh, we saw that in verse 2. You know, uh, why should they keep doing this? Well, since sexual immorality is, w is occurring, right? Or at the end of verse 5, uh, so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. You may wonder about that stuff beforehand. Huh? Do not deprive each other, except perhaps by mutual consent and for a time, so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. I mean, th there may be times that couples decide maybe to, to fast, right? You know, where you deny yourself something good to really pray and really focus on God. Uh, and they could, a couple could agree to do this uh, with, with sex. But that's by agreement, right? And only for a time because temptation. And yeah, sexual sin just really matters. I mean, that's right, right? If you neglect this, if you neglect a relationship, people will look elsewhere. If you don't eat at home, you want to eat out, Right? I mean, maybe that is why this passage came after last week. Maybe the men visiting prostitutes were married to the women who thought they're now too spiritual. I mean, we see it in real life, right? It's really sad that here's a husband who really doesn't care about uh, his wife's feelings and emotions. 
And so she feels very attracted to this other man who really seems to care about her and takes an interest in her. Uh, that's, yeah. Or here's a guy who watches pornography because he feels his wife doesn't have much desire. And just to say that there's no excuse, right? This is really not that you know, I meet, I've met people, you know, oh, yeah, I just need this and my wife doesn't give it. So it's really, God is not blaming anyone. You've heard Paul last week, right? It's all the person's fault for their sin. But God says, you know, you can help each other be holy, right? This is sin matters. So, you know, help each other, help protect each other against sin, help each other be holy. I mean, there's a lot of temptation out there, right? All the dramas, they really idolize romance, uh, the media and everything. And it's very sexualized. There is temptation out there, and this protects. And, and it doesn't just protect your spouse. Uh, there's a great book, um, Closer, uh, I recommend it, uh, about this passage from a married couple about yeah, Christian intimacy. But they make the point it doesn't just protect your spouse. I mean, it protects others in the church, right? I mean, an affair involves two people. So you're protecting other people from your spouse in a way. That's a good thing, right? And it protects the whole church. Because sin is always a scandal, right? I mean, look at the Catholic Church. They have this big problem that they believe priests should remain unmarried and so there's been a lot of sexual sin, a lot of scandals, and in many countries the, the Catholic Church has no authority whatsoever anymore, right? All destroyed because of this. Or, you know, the, 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 the famous pastor who has an affair and the church falls apart and people start doubting their faith. Yeah, you want to protect the church, right? So you can do that by, by keeping it up. Again, I, I'm not blaming anyone. It's really not the spouse's fault. You know, it, it's people with their sinful nature but it helps. And it's not very romantic, but it's just true, right? I mean, Paul thinks that more often. I mean, verses 8 and 9, more for the singles. Uh, now to the unmarried and the widows, I say that it is good for them oops, uh, to remain unmarried, as I do. We'll talk about it next week. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry. For it's better to marry than to burn with passion. You know? If you can't control yourself, get married. I mean, he's talking about a couple here, yeah? Maybe a couple in church and they, they have a relationship and, and they've started sleeping together and, and they can't break the habit. I mean, this is not that, okay, I, I've sinned once, now I should, we should get married. That's not it. But if you can't break the habit, well, decision time, right? Either break up or get married. But, but not just keep on going with unrepentant habitual sin because sin really matters. Right? It's better to marry than to burn. And he, he doesn't mean with passion, burning in hell, right? Because that's where ongoing sin leads you. Right? <laughs> Take sin seriously. So I, 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 I hope you hear what he's saying, right? Keep it alive. Keep this, it, keep the lighting in each other. Keep, you know, pleasing each other and, and, and make this a real. You know, at the heart of your marriage, something beautiful. Uh, now, how do you apply that if you're married? I mean, I'm not going to tell you, maybe this afternoon, maybe tonight, um, maybe a date later this week. Although I, I think it's not just about the one-offs, right? This is about an ongoing thing. How can we make this an ongoing thing? And I, 
I, I don't know, having been in the UK and here, I feel like marriages in Hong Kong are in a worse state. <coughs> they seem less good than, uh, than in other places. Um, why might it be? Well, a, f a few things you can do. Make time for it. Hong Kongers are so busy, right? They work so hard, they're so busy with the kids, and, and they just don't have time. And then you come home and, you know, there, there's more to do and money to invest and, you know, and then about bedtime. Make time for it. If you're married, you know, stop on time. Maybe leave some space to, to, to talk with your spouse and connect and, you know, maybe twice a week do something, right? Leave some time. Uh, you know, plan a date night. It's a really good thing to do, right? because if you just, oh, we have an evening free. You never have an evening free. You need to plan it. Plan it. Uh, plan a staycation, you know, in the Christmas holiday. Uh, plan time together. Second, uh, let's talk about it. And it's really awkward, right, because we, we really don't like to talk about it, but, but couples should talk and communicate. Uh, you know, you may think everything's okay, but, but have you asked your spouse? Uh, you know, how, how are things for you? I know it's very awkward, but you know, maybe there are real problems and they're just too embarrassed to talk about it, but uh, talk about it. And, and, and not in a way, okay, here's my list of everything I want to do. No, no, how can I serve you? How can I, you know, my, my body is yours, how can I please you? Right? Other-centered for both of you. Talking. Um, in some cases, I'll seek help if needed. Uh, because for some people, talking about this is painful, literally. You know, because maybe medical problems or maybe past hurts that make this a really difficult uh, topic. Now, I, th I think Paul would say that this is important. So, so, have you sought help? Have you tried to do something about it? And I, I know there are times in life that you can't do this, like around childbirth. And, but if under normal circumstances this is a problem, well, do something. I don't know, seek maybe medical help, uh, seek counseling, you know, a psychologist, I, I, I don't know. But this is important, right? So, so try to, uh, yeah, try to make it work. And finally, uh, one thing in Hong Kong, live together if you can. Uh, I, I've seen, again, in Asia, that's much more common for married couples to just split up, right? For the career, one person works here, one person works in another country, or... Uh, you know, uh, the, the husband works here and earns money and the wife goes with the kids to the UK for their schooling. I think it's a really bad idea. Uh, it's, uh, you know, EJ sometimes used to go to Korea for three months for to see her family. It's a struggle. Uh, bad idea. Don't do it. If you can. And I say if you can because, you know, sometimes there's no choice. I know couples who have been separated due to the, the COVID travel restrictions. And, and that's been really hard for them. But, but yeah, well, well, what can you do? in that case. Or if, if you're a helper here, uh, you know, and you're here and your husband's back home. And, and this is a real problem. I know, uh, you know, many, yeah, m a lot of adultery happening with husbands of uh, helpers. It's very sad. But at the same time for you, there's not much choice, right? Because if you stayed at home, uh, then you had no money and you'd starve. It's sometimes you have no choice. But, if you can, if you have a choice, many Hong Kong couples, they do have a choice, don't split up, right? You know, it's about priorities. God cares more about your uh, holiness than about your career, more about your holiness than your kid's education, if that makes sense. Because after all, you know, 
this is, this is part of, of marriage. And in marriage, it reflects Jesus' love, right? I mean, think, how does Jesus love you? It's not just a joyless duty. It's not just a partnership for the, the kingdom uh, without any love. No, look, uh, here. The Lord, your, this is such a great verse. The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. That is how Jesus feels about you. He, he delights to be with you. It's not just about the business. No, he, a real intimate relationship. That, that is what Jesus' love for us is like, and I, I hope that delights you. I hope that excites you. Well, that is what Jesus wants to model in our marriages, that everyone can see, you know, and, and the kids can see. You know, here with husbands and wife, they delight in each other, and, and they hug, and they kiss, and, and you know, they, they love each other. That's beautiful. Okay, that, that, that is God's plan. So... Yeah, I, I hope that makes sense. Just be like Jesus. Now then, there's the second part of this passage. Uh, let's go for that. Uh, some couples, they took it further. Not just no more sex. They thought, well, this whole marriage is dragging me down. I want to be spiritual. Maybe I should be single, right? And so, next thing Paul says, well, stay married. Stay married. I think that's very clear. Uh, verses 10 to 11. To the married, I gave this command. Not I, but the Lord. A wife must not separate from her husband. But if she does, she must remain unmarried or else be reconciled to her husband. And a husband must not divorce his wife. I think that's, you know, it's a very sensitive topic. But I, I think the message here is clear. And the whole Bible is, is pretty clear that, you know, divorce, separation, remarriage, it yeah, should be avoided at all costs. Now, you may wonder why Paul says, uh, not I, but the Lord. You know, surely Paul speaks God's word. Surely everything he says is God's word. I, a friend of mine suggested basically because the Corinthians thought Jesus was such a great example. You know, Jesus was perfect. He was the most spiritual person ever. You know why? Well, he was single, of course. Right? So I should be single, like Jesus. If he was married to my spouse, he wouldn't be perfect. <laughs> I don't know. But you, you, you get the feeling, right? But uh, no, Jesus also, Paul says, no, Jesus said this. I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another woman commits adultery. Jesus said very clearly, you know, Jesus was single, but he said, no divorce, it's adultery. Uh, very clear. And it's such a high view of marriage, right? Like those words of Jesus, what God has joined together, let not men separate. You know, when you're married, it's not just a human agreement. God has joined you. You know, you, you've made this covenant before him, and, and he's given your, the, the, the spirit in your union, and he's, he's made you one, and you can't just break that. Marriage is, why is divorce such a sin? Well, because marriage is such a huge, beautiful thing. Right? It's very clear. Now, now, these verses, it's mainly about separation, right? Uh, a wife shouldn't separate from her husband. I mean, it does say that separation sometimes occurs, right? If she does, she must remain unmarried. Has a, I mean, there might be cases for married couples to split up temporarily. I mean, certainly domestic violence or abuse, you know, that, that's, that, that's really wrong, and you should really seek help. And, and, and it, it's no problem at all to, to separate in that case. But at the same time, it's, the ideal is that you, 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 don't, you don't get married, you, you stay unmarried, and you... Hopefully, you can make it work again in some way. 
That, that's the ideal. And, and maybe like the Corinthians, you feel your marriage is, is dragging you down. No, stay married. Now, of course, actually, most of this passage is not just about, uh, uh, not just in general. It's particularly about what if my spouse is not a Christian? I, I mean, if marriage doesn't help me be spiritual, how about married to someone who's not a Christian? It's even worse, right? Uh, so we, Paul has to address that. Now, maybe you're here uh, as, you know, as the spouse of someone who's a Christian, but you're not a Christian. And you heard the passage, and it felt a little bit negative about you. That, 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 you know, uh, that, that you're being judged. Please don't feel that way. Uh, that, that's not what Paul means at all. But uh, I think Paul would say that you're different, and I think you know that, right? You know, in, in your marriage, the, your values and your spouse are very different. Your priorities are different. The way you want to spend your time is very different. And, and, and that clashes. I, I'm sure you know that. Well, Paul knows that as well, which is why he says, you know, if you can avoid it, do. Please avoid it. Have a verse 39. We didn't read it, but it's later. Uh, a woman is bound to her husband as long as he lives, right? No divorce. But if her husband dies, she's free to marry anyone she wishes, but he must belong to the Lord. You should only marry someone well, who's a Christian. Uh, you should only date someone who's a Christian because dating is supposed to lead to marriage. Right? So try to avoid this because it, uh, I can see couples... You know, yeah, it's, often it can be very difficult. So avoid it. And I think these women here, in, uh, or these people in chapter, in verses 10 to 16, and I think that's people who were already married, but then became a Christian. So yeah, they were already married. But what now? Well, it's the same advice. Paul says, stay married. To the rest I say this, I am not the Lord. If any brother has a wife who is not a believer, she's willing to live with him, he must not divorce her. Uh, and vice versa, right? Stay married. It's the same thing. Your marriage is still real. You're really married, right? Before God, you are married, so stay married. And, yeah, and, and you can do that. I mean, verse 14, it's, it's a bit confusing. Many people wonder what it means. For the unbelieving husband has been sanctified through his wife, and the unbelieving wife has been sanctified through her believing husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean, but as it is, they are holy. Um, yeah, uh, I think it's about Jewish purity. You know, normally in the Old Testament, if something holy touches something unclean, it becomes unclean, right? So, you know, how, should, how can I touch something unclean? Uh, no. Uh, look, Paul says, you know, you, it, that's not the way it works. They are set apart. They're not saved, but they're set apart uh, like you. It's okay. You can be married. Something like that. Ask me later. Um, but yeah. You can stay married. So if you can stay married, stay married. Of course, it's a broken world. It doesn't always happen. As of verse 15, but if the unbeliever leaves, let it be so. The brother or sister is not bound in such circumstances. As sadly, sometimes things go wrong. Sometimes the marriage does not work. And sometimes the, yeah, the person who is not a believer, they, they've had enough. And they, they, they want to leave. Right? There's such a change, so much difference. The day they leave. What do you do then? Well, I think Paul was realistic. You know, let it be so. Just let them leave. What can you do? I mean, Jesus' standards are so high. They're high for Christians. Why would someone who doesn't believe want to keep those standards? Why, they, they, they don't care. So yeah, let it be. It, it's sad, but let it be. Yeah, so, you know, a, a woman 
and, and, and her husband is just fed up and, and he goes to another country and he gets married. You know, he uh, starts a, a new family. And the marriage is over, right? So, yeah, in those cases, you're not bound. I think it says. So, yeah, you can get divorced, yeah. But it's not the ideal. It's not what God really wants, right? Uh, God has called us to peace, to live in peace. And I think there's a kind of but there, right? <coughs> this is not the ideal. The ideal is that you stay married, that you work on your marriage. This is not a, a loophole. Maybe the Corinthians thought, I can be so annoying that my spouse leaves and that I'm free. No. God's ideal is that you're, you're, you, know, you live in peace. So despite the challenges, stay committed. Uh, don't neglect your spouse for church. You know, keep the intimacy alive, work together, raise your children. You know, uh, be kind and loving and godly and patient and, and, and pray that, you know, your spouse will see how you've changed, that they see the difference Jesus makes, that they see him in you, and, and that they might be saved. That's, that's what God wants. You know, verse 16, right? How do you know, wife, whether you will save your husband? Or how do you know, husband, whether you will save your wife? You know, th- th- that's the opportunity. So, yeah, don't, don't leave. Stay married. Now, of course, we don't talk often about divorce. I, I think I thought it helpful to just put, put more of the Bible's teaching together. Yeah, how about other cases? Because, you know, the Bible talks about other cases. So how about this table? Actually, there, there's three things, right? There's separation, divorce, and remarriage. And then the Bible talks about adultery, uh, or well, what if adultery is about desertion, but also just, you know, the usual problems. Right? Uh, what if we don't love each other anymore? What if we have a lot of arguments? What if we're very different? And, and I'm leaving out things like abuse or domestic violence now. Uh, it's a big topic. Well, I, I hope from what we've seen, separation is possible. Right? Sometimes that's needed um, in, in all these cases. But how about divorce? I, I, I hope you see from this passage and from Jesus' words... You know, these are not reasons to divorce. You know, having arguments or or not loving each other. Uh, You should stay married. Your marriage is still real and and valid. Uh, So, yeah, no divorce and no remarriage. Well, how about us others? Well, desertion, I I think this passage says, well, let it be so. Right? If someone breaks the marriage and leaves, yeah, there's a divorce, right? Or Jesus talks about adultery. His words again, I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another woman commits adultery. Except for sexual immorality. If if your spouse has been having an affair for a long time, you don't have to, but yeah, you you have the right to divorce in that case. Because these two really, they go to the heart of marriage, right? Adultery, you're breaking the marriage. Desertion, you're breaking the marriage, but... Being different doesn't break the marriage. Uh, having arguments doesn't break the marriage. I, I think that's the big difference. Uh, and then remarriage. I mean, Christians will disagree on that. Um, I think most Christians would say, if you're divo- for adultery or desertion, you know, if, if, yeah, if there's a divorce, it's implied that you can remarry. But uh, again, some Christians disagree. I, I have good friends who are pastors who would say, no, they still can't remarry. Uh, I know churches that don't do that. And certainly for the first 300 years, the church didn't allow remarriage. 
but uh, but other Christians like me think think again. But it's 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 difficult. The Bible isn't. Uh, it's uh, yeah. I, I hope that makes sense. Uh, if you have questions about this, please come and talk. Because they did, you know, hearing this, this is tough, right? It says marriage is so important. Yeah, divorce is just not an option. But if you are really fighting and arguing and you're having a hard time, it can be hard to hear. Please uh, come and talk. I think in general, come and, and talk. <laughs> That's, I think, what I've seen here in, as well. So many people, they wait too long. Right? They're embarrassed to talk about their marriage problems. And, and they only start talking to others when it's too late. I, I've had that. People, they come to me about divorce. Because yeah, we've been having marriage problems for 15 years. Why didn't you say it earlier? Why did, 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 you know, divorce is no option. So work on your marriage. Keep it good. And if you have problems, you know, seek counseling. Seek help. Talk, do something about it. And it, it, problems, it, it, you know, that's not the issue. You know, EJ and I, we have problems, and we have arguments, and we have differences that we need to deal with. The, 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 it's not the absence of problems. It's that you can deal with them, that you can keep the marriage working and, you know, and repent and forgive and all that stuff. That is what makes a marriage work. It's not that you don't have problems. So if you have trouble in your marriage, please talk. <laughs> please uh, seek counseling. Uh, you know, come and talk to me. Let's do something. But, but yeah, your marriage is so important, you want to make it the best it can be. And, and by the way, if you're single, you know, give it serious thought, right? Don't just rush into marriage because it's a one-way street, uh, right? It's a huge decision. Yeah, so stay married, even though, yeah, that, that may be hard. But well, what do we do when it is hard? I, I think we should focus again on the Lord. We should focus on, on God's love for us. And I, I think I, I want to say, yeah, your marriage is God's gift. That's in verse 7. That you, we skipped over that. But here, I wish that all of you were as I am. Uh, I wish you were all single. We'll see that next week. But each of you has your own gift from God. One is this gift, another has that. And, and he's not talking about tongues or prophecy, stuff like that. He's talking, you know, you are married. That means that is God's gift to you. This is God's plan for you, that, that you would be married. Which means, well, you know, you, you know God's will, right? You know what God wants. I mean, if God wanted you to be single, he would have stopped you getting married. He would have. But he didn't. And, you know, for the Corinthians, they, they really thought, you know, um, yeah, maybe the grass is greener on the other side. And Paul says, no, marriage is good. This, and this is, God's, this is the gift that he's giving you. And you don't feel you need to be single. Maybe for you, your career or your study, it gets in the way of your marriage and you kind of resent your spouse and you resent that you're married. No. God's plan for you is marriage because you're married. And so, you know, trust God with that. Trust that this is his plan for you and feel free that, you know, I can't do the things single people do. That's okay. I'm married. That is God's gift. That is what God is with me in. And even when it's not that, when it's just, you know, the arguments, it's hard. Doesn't it help to know that, that you know, God is with you? That, you know, God's plan for you. If, if God has a plan for you, he'll be with you, right? He will be with you in that marriage. He will give you grace. He will give you strength. He will give you more of the Spirit to, to help you, to, to love. Because 
you know, if he gives a gift, he will make it happen. And it doesn't mean that it's not sometimes hard. You know, we have sins that we need to, and idols to repent of, and sometimes uses trials to grow us, but we know he is with us. He loves us. And, and after all, that, that's how he loved us, right? You know, when on the cross. I mean, I was, I'm still very difficult and sinful, and, and yet Jesus never gives up on me. He stays faithful. He keeps making it work. And, and I'm so thankful for that. Isn't that the love that we should show when, you know, marriage is difficult for us? And isn't it good to know that this God of faithfulness is with us and, and, and will help us to do that? So, yeah, let, let's do that. Let's make marriage beautiful. Let, let's keep the relationship really alive, uh, the intimacy. And, 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 and let's try to make it a beautiful picture, a beautiful picture of Jesus' love that the world can see, that families can see, so that, that people can see how great Jesus' love is. Uh, that, that, is God, that, that is Paul's plan, God's plan. Let's pray that we would do that. Our Father, thank you so much for this incredible love that you have. Your faithfulness despite our sin and our stubbornness. Uh, your grace, uh, your delight in, in who we are. Your delight in, in the relationship we have with you. Please would this motivate us uh, to make our marriages like that to make it reflect the great love jesus has for the church that people might see that lord give us strength give us grace you know <coughs> how this speaks to each one of us you know what we need to hear how we can apply this or a change uh, please yeah help us do this help us to live out uh, the gifts you've given us in jesus name amen